our small little studio. You're listening to another podcast of The Emotional Looking Glass. And tonight we have a new topic, a topic that's got us all wrapped up in knots and tied up with nervousness. So we're going to cut to anxiety. What do you have anxiety about? What gives people anxiety? What causes anxiety? What are solutions for anxiety? But first, I want to play this clip. This clip is unbelievable. This clip is harsh and amazing and weird and I don't know how else to explain it, but I think it really exemplifies anxiety. It's a very anxious time right now. 2020 yes. is the year of anxiety for sure. Take deep breaths. Take deep breaths on this one. And uh, you might want to close your eyes or you can pause this and then come back to it if you need to. The death marked the 59th homicide in Minneapolis this year. Oh. Part of the whole city council getting rid of the police thing. You know why we're here is because we lost a student last night. We lost a Minneapolis public school student last night who attended Patrick Henry High School. He was not two weeks into his senior year when he was shot and killed right here in this space. And I know for me, I am so absolutely 100% over it. For those of you that do not know what is happening in the city of Minneapolis, let me help you understand. So we literally are in a city right now that is completely and entirely out of control. I, I just, I have to absolutely just say it the way I feel it. Um, it feels out of control. It feels like when I walk into a classroom where the teacher has given up. And all of you guys know the way that classroom feels, right? You know that you'll get that teacher where maybe those one or two naughty kids that won't listen, the teacher just says, fine. They just shrug their shoulders and they sit down behind their desk and they put their feet up and they say, I'll collect this check, do what you need to do. And the whole class goes rogue. That's how it feels to me right now. That's how the city of Minneapolis feels to me right now. None, nothing is making any sense. Everything feels topsy-turvy. I understand completely that I am speaking not just as myself, but as the North Community High School principal. And guess what? I am speaking as the North Community High School principal. I have kids that so badly and so deeply want to be in school. They want to play their sports. They want to get in the weight room. They want to work out. And because of COVID, guess what? They can't do anything. We're kicking them out of the school. We're kicking them out of the weight room. They can't practice. They can't work out. All of these things because of COVID. But just down the street, they see people doing whatever they want. They see tents up. They see hundreds of people just not social distancing. And their law enforcement drives right past it. We're seeing out in the open whole parking lots that are being taken over. Whole, whole blocks that are being taken over. People who have who have substance abuse problems, chemical dependency issues, um, all of these other things. And they are just allowed to be however they wanna be, but my kids can't work out. It doesn't make any sense. And the kids know it doesn't make any sense. This absolutely, we have, we have an opportunity in Minneapolis to try something different, to do something new. And that's to say that we are not going to be held hostage by the voices of a few. You overhear law enforcement in our city right now and they feel like, well, well, the city council doesn't want us or, or well, you know, the people don't want us. Which people? Who? Which people is it? Show me where they're at. 
okay? So are you talking about the few, some of them that don't even live here? Are you talking about the people that, that, that don't have to worry about their children coming to a store like this, that live in a different part of the city? Is that who you're talking about? Because the people who I'm around need and want good law enforcement. The people who are in my community need and want good law enforcement and, 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 and have the maturity to be able to say that we need good law enforcement to need and want us. What I'm seeing in my community is that there's not even patrolling anymore. I, I can see outright laws getting broken, traffic laws, people driving right through red lights, speeding, going 60, 70 miles an hour. Uh, my, uh, we got kids on skateboards that are getting hit by cars and nothing, no, what is law enforcement? It's enforcing the law. There is no law enforcement. There is a reaction. So we're out here. So you've got about 50 to 60 Minneapolis public school principals that are out here and, 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 and we'll hold faith. And we'll hold faith. I really like felt my body kind of trembling just listening to her. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, you could tell she was really frightened for the city, for the children. She clearly wants to do the best for the kids and feels helpless. Yeah, because it's crazy because this is a gathering of principals uh, for this kid that had died. And, you know, principals, they're always, they're like the boss of the kids at the community. They're always having to tell kids what to do. Mm -hmm. And yeah. right now they're having to enforce COVID rules. Right, yeah. So the kids can't use the school facilities. And they're having to somehow keep the kids in line now that there are no cops. Mm -hmm. Because Minneapolis got rid of their cops. Right, yeah. And so now the city has gone wild with criminals of all ages. And just trying to keep the kids safe is beyond the means of the parents. And now it's beyond the means of the principals. And so the principals are coming together to sort of say... Look what you've done, city, city council, and, and who have now decided to bow down to the protesters and get mm -hmm. rid of the cops. You have created this entire community that is unsafe. Yeah. You know, and so you've got parents and principals who probably can't sleep at night because they're overwhelmed with anxiety. You got kids who can't properly socialize, who can't go to school. Right, yeah. And so and they're also seeing like police officers you know just moving by as like people are blatantly breaking the law and yeah. you know and they're you know I mean what what example is that giving for them? You know, it's like okay, well the adults don't have it all together. Right. Like, you know, the world is falling apart. Yeah, and it, it makes everybody anxious all ages. Yeah, and absolutely. It's a community that, you know, today's topic is about anxiety, and it's important to understand what anxiety means. And so anxiety oftentimes is a reflection of a much bigger problem. And while having anxiety alone is a problem, as we can see in this instance, the anxiety is actually the uh, the the effect of much bigger problems that these people are facing. COVID, lack of police, total anarchy. They have, like, 
groups of homeless and and protesters taking over whole blocks and the police aren't allowed to do anything about it it's chaos yeah it's chaos and it's unpredictability and when there's a lot of unpredictability people get even more anxious they don't know what's going to happen yeah they don't know how to keep themselves safe (sighs) yeah yeah Yeah. and so i i just wanted to play that clip because i thought um, it's something that we have all heard about in the news, and so we all kind of have a a sort of toe tip of understanding of what that's about. Right, yeah. Because we all face anxiety in our everyday lives, but we don't know each other's everyday lives. And so this is a way we can all sort of understand, yes, this is anxiety. This causes anxiety. This... Um, this is what keeps you up at night. What because it's it's problems that you can't really solve. And oftentimes I say, well, don't worry about the problems you can't solve. But then there are also problems that are really big problems, you know. And so even though you can't, you can't. There's not much you can do about it. Yeah, there's it. not much you can do. It keeps impacting your life. Yeah. Over and over and over and over. So how are you going to ignore that? You can't ignore yeah, you it because can't. it's right in your face. Yeah. You it's have just to so deal big. with it. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, some people and I've had people ask me like, "What is anxiety? What do you mean by that?" So, anxiety is an emotion, and it comes from fear. It's a fear-based emotion. Okay. So you're thinking, like, when it comes to anxiety, think of extreme unease, apprehensiveness, fearfulness. Those are just some of the words. Some people just kind of, like, feel on edge sometimes. And I want to make make it known that there is a distinction between someone who's got some anxiety And then there's chronic anxiety when it becomes a generalized anxiety disorder or a phobia, which can be even more extreme. Um, In the clip that we listened to, this is someone who's just experiencing your everyday anxiety. You know, Um, she's just experiencing what's going on in the world with the pandemic. And to say that it's everyday anxiety sort of implies that it's normal. The situation that she's in is not is normal. not normal, not at all. It's completely exceptional in a very negative way. Right? Yeah, but I mean, when we have like real life stuff, we're going to feel anxious, and our bodies are actually hardwired like in our biology to feel anxious because it's supposed to be a type of protection. It's supposed to help us, you know, because several, several years ago when our ancestors were out in the wild, they would, you know, be hunting, trying to get food and they'd see a bear and their body would react to that so that, Mm. Oh, there's a bear. I got to get out of here. I got to run away. Well, that's sort of instinctual because yes. all the humans who had bodies that didn't react to the bear got eaten. <laughs> and the ones that did react were able to go home and make more children. So Right. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, we're the ones that uh, figured out you get away mm-hmm. when you see the bear or you find a way to kill that bear. 
Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, and, and so the saying goes, don't poke the bear. Right. Yes. <laughs> so you have reactions. You have your flight, your fight, and your freeze. Mm-hmm. And... Everybody has a certain way that their bodies react and all of it depends on the the experience that you've had before, depends on your um, your genetic biology. Some people just freeze and and that's not their fault. That's just what happens in the moment. But there are ways that you can learn to work through that and change that um, with therapy, which can be helpful. Sort of like a, a deer in, in headlights sort of a mode. A deer in headlights, yeah. Because Absolutely. It, you reach a point where it's like, I am definitely afraid of this, but I have no idea how to react. So right. I'm just frozen. My whole body's just frozen because some part of me said, stop everything. This is bad. This is very bad. And so the whole, it like all the little cogs <laughs> in the brain just stop. And and all the little, all the little. You know, peons in the brain going, well, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What do we do? Let's just stand here. I don't <laughs> Yeah. Your brain could just kind of like shut down a little bit because you're so overwhelmed with that. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's partially shock. It's fear. Yes. And I think this is more in sudden intense situations. I don't think that really defines anxiety, though. I think anxiety is more of a slow burning uh fear like it's something the thing is is there is a spectrum Mm -hmm. there is a spectrum of fear there is a spectrum of anxiety some people i thought you said anxiety was a form of fear it is a form of fear so isn't it on the same spectrum as fear yes it is okay it is So they're not separate spectrums there could be but they could yeah you're the academic on this yes which is it I would say that you have like categories of emotion, Mm -hmm. right? So you have anger and you have fear Mm -hmm. and you have happy, Mm -hmm. you know, and you have sad. Right. So there's a category of fear and in the category of fear is anxiety. Right. And so a person, typically I would say that if a person is anxious, there is some level of fear there. Right, but you're talking about, at the high level of fear, you're talking about fight or flight, but on the low level of fear would be anxiety, correct? Um, I would say, I mean, it all kind of depends on the person. Okay. But I mean, it could be just nervousness, I would say, might be on the low end. But some people, I mean... It depends on the level of nervousness. That could also be anxiety. Okay. I guess I'm thinking back to all the times I had anxiety. Um, I didn't even see it as fear. I saw it as its own separate thing. But I could see where somebody would categorize it as fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if it is a fear, then it's it's a low-level fear. It's, It's the type of fear that you can still manage and try to do something about where recognizable fear is um 
more uh, closer to panic and yeah. Well, I mean, uh, terrifying. I, I understand what you're saying in your experience, and I don't want to invalidate your experience. Mm-hmm. But I do want to say that there are people who have high levels of anxiety, where they have panic attacks, where they mm-hmm. feel pain, like real gripping pain. Mm. I've had patients who've had issues with their eyesight. Mm-hmm. And they've had their eyesight looked at. And it was anxiety that was behind it. Hmm. And they actually worked through their issues in therapy. Huh. Yeah. I mean, that's how the emotion connects to the body. And it really Mm -hmm. does. And so I want to ask listeners, if, you know, those of you that are listening that are struggling with anxiety, to really improve your sense of awareness and find out, What happens when I'm anxious? Because everybody's body is different. Just like I said with the freeze, the the fight, or the flight, Mm -hmm. everybody has different symptoms. Some people, like, their heart will start racing. Or uh, they'll start breathing heavily or more shallow. Or they'll start sweating. Some people feel like a weakness or fatigue or like uh, their skin is crawling when they're anxious. Mm. So, I mean, and I've, you know, over the years that I've worked in therapy, I've heard like so many different things and nobody is the same. Everybody has Mm. like a different experience of anxiety. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so it's important for you to know what those things are so that you're aware of that, so that you well, can acknowledge What do you mean those by things. those things? You just said it's different for everybody. Yeah, what those symptoms are. But if the symptoms are different for everybody, then that means the number of symptoms is unlimited, which means you can't really know the symptoms. You have to ask yourself, like, when you're feeling anxious, where does my anxiety live in my body? Oh, Where okay. do I feel it in my your body? Your particular symptoms for anxiety. Correct. Not symptoms in general. Correct. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Thank you for clarifying that. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So I have a few statistics for you. Okay. I was you, hoping you, that. You, you want to talk about statistics? Yeah, statistics. Okay. <laughs> And I thought we could kind of talk about them a little bit. And then we have some questions from uh, two listeners. And then we're going to talk about coping skills, my black experience, white experience. And then I'll end with my quote for today. Um, Only one third of the people who have anxiety seek treatment. Right. Because a lot of people think. Um, this is just because of one problem. Mm-hmm. Once I deal with this problem, it'll go away. It'll the anxiety away. is right. just motivating me to fin- to get to get this over with. Yep. And then once once uh, that situation is done, then I'm good, right? Then I'm never anxious again. That that seems foolish. No, that doesn't. It doesn't work I mean, that way. But there are people who aren't believe you just that. Just gonna find something else to be anxious about. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You will. And the whole cycle comes up like again and again and again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I used to get a lot of anxiety when I was a kid and my stomach would get tied up in knots and I couldn't sleep at night. Um, and it, there were other bigger issues that were causing it, but I, I don't want to get into that. I just 
when you know that it's it's kind of weird because I've always believed that you can do anything if you put your mind to it. But putting my mind to these problems just gave me anxiety and made things worse. So, I don't know. I mean, that's just, I guess that's the way it is sometimes. Yeah. I um, I will say for myself, you know, I'm in recovery um, from trauma. And um, I've definitely experienced that uh, that feeling of anxiety. It's uh, it's like a pressure, like in my chest, and I feel kind of like the inside of my body tremble a little bit. Hmm. Um, and I find, yeah. So, so that's kind of like a little bit of of my um, situation. But um, when I learned to not take things so seriously so critically to like so serious son yeah uh and let things go and like be more relaxed let it go (laughs) i found that i wasn't as anxious as i was before i wasn't as as nervous as i was before you know i used to be like so focused on like this has to be like this and my schedule has to be like this and everything has to go as planned and if it doesn't go as planned and i just you know and it's just like really anxiety provoking but um Mm. but i met a friend who was just like why do you have to be like that? Why not just, if we don't get to it that time, then we can do it another time, right? <laughs> and I was like, what? And it just happened enough another time. Another time? Just because they're open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5, you think we could just go on another, <laughs> another day? day? <laughs> right? <laughs> Actually, that would be fun. Actually, that would work. I don't, I don't know why I was so right. weird about it. Why was I? And so, <laughs> like, I was around this person enough where I started to pick up on, on his laid-back attitude. And I was like, oh, you know what? This... This is actually a good thing. This is really helpful whoa, for whoa, me. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Don't let the California culture mellow you out, okay? If you get mellowed out by California culture, you're going to start talking like a surfer. You're going to be like, hey, man, it's okay. Oh, yeah, because everyone in California Wearing talks like that. <laughs> And swim shorts. And surfing every day. And saying dude a lot. Right. Or like. It's either dude or like. I think girls say like. Guys say dude. So. Yeah, yeah. Don't get into the California attitude. Keep your New York firm efficienciness. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry about that. I am still like efficient and I go, I attend things early and, and things like that. However, um, I've learned to really like relax things in my head and that's helped me out tremendously. So I wanted to tell you some more statistics. So 284 million people worldwide experience anxiety. And that was um, learned in uh, 2017. 284 million out of 6 billion. Yes. I think everybody experiences anxiety at some point. Yeah, but I'm talking about like an anxiety disorder. 
oh, have like an anxiety okay. disorder. Yeah. Well, that's um, only diagnosed. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Like there's probably three times as many that are not diagnosed. That's quite possible. But, you know, generalized anxiety disorder is the most prevalent mental health disorder on the globe. And I want to tell you the three countries. It's that bigger suffer- than depression. It is. Wow. That I did not expect. I thought depression would be bigger, especially considering the U.S. suicide rate. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Um, so there, I want to tell you the top three countries that have the most intense anxiety. Wait, 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 wait. You want to guess? Japan. Nope. Uh, South Korea. Nope. Um, it is an Asian country, though. Germany. Nope. Wait, it's an Asian country, but it's not South Korea or Japan. Correct. Malaysia. No. Damn. What? China? China. Really? China oh, man. is number one. And then after that is India. You know why China, right? And then after that is the United States. Okay. I'm not going to talk about any stereotypes about these countries. I'm not talking about a stereotype. <laughs> stereotype is a stereotype of culture. I'm talking about the... China, in general, is a country that has a government that is trying to have its people work as one to uh, keep up manufacturing, and it's always telling people, work more, work more. They're a collectivist country. And the thing of it is, is that China has always been relatively relaxed before 1950 in, in sort of its societal norms, and so the people aren't really naturally sort of in in focused to work as hard as the Japanese do. The Japanese have a culture of working hard that goes back 700 years. But the Chinese have only been trying to keep up with Japan on that level of efficiency since about 1950. Okay, well, I'm going to get back on the subject of uh, anxiety because there's one more thing I want to tell you. And no, that, you that's the, still the subject of anxiety. It's just explaining why the Chinese would have so much more anxiety. Yeah, I hear you. I want to get back to statistics. So, um, I wanted one, one more thing I wanted to say is that U S and Canada, that in U S and Canada, there are 13 psychiatrists to a hundred thousand people. In U S and Canada. In U S and Canada. Yes. That, that, that doesn't, what, why, why are there so few there's just there's just not enough. There's not enough psychiatrists. I bet you there's not enough because of programs like Sac State who keep people from actually getting the degree <laughs> and all the dang regulations they have to jump through just to get a therapy license. It is ridiculous. <laughs> I have watched Tennille work her butt off to get the license she has. She had to jump through so many hoops. She had to bribe so many government agents. I didn't bribe anybody. Okay, I'm, I'm just... <laughs> don't tell them that. <laughs> I don't mean bribe. I mean, it's more like... I didn't really do that. She really had to hustle her butt <laughs> to get them to sign the forms, to get approval, to t- get the classes, to get the hours... It is like like take the test five years of supervision or some crazy thing. It's a it's a long it's a long process, it's insane yeah, and it's like sure. all this stuff is done to keep like pedophiles from becoming therapists, but they still do. So you know whatever. <laughs> 
it's California is ridiculous. Okay. Anyway, um, I want to get to the question. So the first question is, um, let's see. Does everyone have anxiety and how bad does it get? So I think we kind of covered this while we were talking and everybody experiences some level of anxiety. Yeah. It's no, like fear. It's, yeah. It's an emotional state. You're, Just like everyone experiences experience sadness it. and happiness yeah. and joy. And I mean, everybody experiences these emotions. It's it's normal. It's part of our survival instincts. Right. It allows yeah. us to keep from getting eaten by the bears. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it doesn't have to um, it doesn't have to be something that is necessarily a disorder. But there are some people, they have chronic anxiety. They experience every single day, and it's crippling. Mm. I mean, they they have panic attacks that stop them in their tracks, where they can't function. They can't do what they need to do. Um, I mentioned that there are people who have anxiety that give them pain. Um, I've heard of people who had pain in their feet, pain in their back. Um, people who were so afraid of other people or of being outside that they couldn't leave their house, that they couldn't leave their bed. So the anxiety can get really bad. Absolutely. But there is help out there. And I want to encourage our listeners that have issues to seek treatment because the treatment is available. All right. And then the next question is, what are some recommendations to lower anxiety after dealing with a loss? And to this listener, I just want to encourage them to seek support. Go to your support group. That's the important thing. So if you have family that you're close to or friends that you're close to, have conversations with them. If you can get therapy, get therapy because that can definitely help you with grief and meditation. I, I believe, and I will probably believe for a long time that it helps with anxiety for sure. And it helps you to relax. So the more that you do meditation and you take deep breaths, the better you're going to be able to manage your anxiety. But it starts with finding out what the cause is, um, being able to identify what your triggers are. Uh, and by that, I mean external factors that um, impact your anxiety. If that's people, if that's bugs, if that's the pandemic or something else. Um, and then trying out different coping skills in order to manage that anxiety. And different things work for different people. Uh, sometimes music works, sometimes writing things down or reading or taking a walk or exercise, which I've or said a, a lot. Bath. Yeah, a nice bubble bath or hugging your partner. Hmm. Yeah, all those are good. Okay, um, so I will tell you guys about my white experience, black experience in the next episode. What? Because we don't have time. Oh, come on. Forget so, it. Let's do this. No, I'm yes. going to the quote. Yes. Black experience, white experience. What do we got? If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. Maya Angelou. 
So you guys can listen to us on all of the different podcast apps out there. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. Bye. All right. So black experience. What you got? What you got? Black experience.